This podcast episode should not be used as a substitute for medical or mental health advice. Individuals are advised to seek independent medical advice, counseling, and or therapy from a healthcare professional with respect to any medical condition, mental health issue, or health inquiry, including matters discussed on this podcast episode. Welcome back to the Unfiltered Podcast. This is episode 22. In today's episode, Carolyn, a licensed clinical social worker and certified sex therapist, will answer these five questions from our community. 1. What are the most important boundaries you should set in a romantic relationship? I have been in an abusive relationship in the past and I don't want to make the same mistakes. 2. How do you create healthy boundaries in a romantic relationship? I struggle standing up for myself. 3. I have been dating this guy for a month now. I have set my own boundaries, but how can I figure out his boundaries? I ask because I think knowing your partner's boundaries is a really good way to figure out if they are someone you can trust or not. 4. I don't want to rush into a relationship, but I feel a strong connection with this woman. What are some healthy forms of intimacy I can use so I don't make her think that I don't want her? 5. What are some of the warning signs to look out for in the bedroom? Some abusers hide their dark side until they got you hooked. Hi Carolyn, thank you for joining me today. It's nice to have you in this podcast episode. Hi, thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Looking forward to answering these really good questions. Thank you. That's so nice to hear as well. Okay, so let's get started then right away. And the first question is, what are the most important boundaries you should set in a romantic relationship? I have been in an abusive relationship in the past and I don't want to make the same mistakes. Yeah, it's a good question. I get this question a lot with my clients. You really want to understand what healthy boundaries look like. So the boundaries you create are actually quite personal to your own lived experiences. One person's boundaries can be different from another person's. And the more insight you have into your own history, your patterns of behavior, even your nervous system responses like fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, the better you'll be able to understand what your boundaries should be. So for example, if you grew up in a household where bad behavior was given a free pass and you saw everyone placating to that person's outbursts or trying to maintain pleasantries, you might have more of a fawn response. And fawning is just a it's a trauma response where a person develops people-pleasing behaviors to avoid conflict and to establish a sense of safety. So your boundary for yourself would be to work on identifying your fawning, self-soothing, not immediately appeasing a partner when they appear upset and choosing a partner who can emotionally regulate. So I do like to separate that out a bit. You'll have boundaries for yourself based on your own insights that you put together, what you wanna be able to do differently and understand, and also boundaries that you might have um, for what you expect of other people. So there are some key ingredients we can all use to help facilitate a healthy relationship. These include honesty, mutual respect, open communication, playfulness, teamwork, valuing separate and shared interests, 
intimacy, and a mutual commitment to resolving conflict. So the bottom line is that a partner can share their thoughts without fear of retribution or retaliation. Thank you so much for answering that. Uh, could you talk more? You already mm, said a little bit about one of the trauma responses, the phone. Can you shortly define the other trauma responses? Yeah, absolutely. So these responses are based on what happens when our nervous system is activated. So basically when your nervous system is activated and your adrenaline starts to pump through your body, um, there can be a fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response. So a fight response is more combative. You could be more argumentative. You could um, physically right, get closer to someone. Um, a freeze response means you kind of go silent. It doesn't feel like you can really outrun the threat. So you start to shut down, you go more quiet. Um, a flight response, your adrenaline is telling you it's time to go. So you might accidentally shut down a conversation. You just want to leave. You just want to end it. So that's a little bit of an example of what those can look like. Mm, okay. Thank you so much. Uh, then let's go to the second question. How do you create healthy boundaries in a romantic relationship? I struggle standing up for myself. Yes, healthy boundaries are very important in a relationship. Well, we have different needs in our relationships based on where we're at in our lives. So our wants, needs, and desires can change throughout our lifetime. What you wanted in a relationship when you were a teenager can be very different from what you want in your 30s or 40s. So as we grow, we evolve. So do our needs for sex, communication, time, space, shared values. The list is as personal and unique as the individual. So folks who are in a, for example, polyamorous relationship or practice ethical non-monogamy can have wonderfully healthy relationships, but their definition of a healthy relationship may be different from that of a monogamous couple. So what makes relationships flourish really depends deeply on the unique wants, needs, and desires of the people in the relationship. So with that said, once you identify those pieces, oftentimes I help my clients with assertiveness and how to manage their nervous system responses, which is how you react when you feel unsafe. So we aim for being assertive, which is not aggressive, which is on one side of the spectrum, and it's not passive aggressive or silent, which is on the other side, but it's right in the middle, which is assertive. So checking for readiness with your partner before having a conversation, using I statements is very helpful. And a good formula that I also use with my clients is I feel about what I need, right? So I feel sad about not receiving a text message back when I messaged you three days ago. Right. So I feel sad about what about not receiving a text message back when I messaged you three days ago. I need I really need for you to acknowledge that my feelings are hurt. So while managing your impulse, right, to whatever that might be, fight, flight, freeze, 
fawn. Once you identify those pieces, oftentimes I help my clients with assertiveness and how to manage their nervous system responses, which is how you react when you feel unsafe. So we aim for being assertive, which is not aggressive, which is on one side of the spectrum. And it's not passive aggressive or silent, which is on the other side, but right in the middle, which is assertive. So sometimes checking for readiness with your partner before having a conversation is helpful. Using I statements is also very helpful because you statements can sound accusatory. So a good formula that I like to give is I feel about what I need. So for example, I felt sad about what? about not receiving a response to my message after three days had passed. I need, I need there to be an understanding of how that felt for me. So I feel about what I need. So while managing your impulse to fight, flee, or freeze or fawn, therapy is incredibly helpful with this because you're building a new muscle and a new skill with understanding your own responses and also how you want people to respond to you ideally. So it takes time and there are often many pieces at play here. Okay, thank you so much. Um, I'm thinking, do I have a follow-up question? I was thinking about um, someone who is struggling to stand up for themselves. Do you think, are you saying that that might be because of the freeze trauma response because they go silent and when they feel unsafe and that's why they struggle standing up for yourself or could there be something like else where that stems from and how to deal with it it could be it could be it's good to pay attention to how do you typically react when you're trying to find your words when you're trying to communicate do you feel frozen do you feel like you lash out Do you feel like you just want to leave? Do you feel like you want to please the person even though you're hurt and just hear where they're coming from and your feelings disappear? It's a good question. It's helpful to just be curious. What does what typically happens? What do I typically notice myself doing? And a, and a therapist can really help you with that, to help you identify that, to help you learn different ways to deal with this. Every person is unique in how they respond and why, typically based on their history, typically based on their own lived experiences. And so how boundaries look for that person is going to be really unique to their own lived experiences, which is why we kind of have to tailor what it is we do to help make sure we're able to express our boundaries to the person and what's specifically going on for them. And your nervous system and what happens when your nervous system is activated, right? Which means something has happened to trigger you where you now feel unsafe. It's good information. You're best able to support yourself when you build that insight and have an understanding as to what your reaction is when you feel unsafe. And feeling unsafe doesn't have to look extreme. Something small can happen that makes us feel unsafe. It's very different for each person, right? Even if it's something like a car alarm goes off, a sudden burst of sound can activate someone's nervous system. But we know we're safe. It was just a car alarm. The sudden burst of sound right? Made our adrenaline rush. We're able to talk ourselves off that ledge. But in a situation with a person where we're feeling them out, the person's new, we're trying to see who that person is. 
we can sometimes be activated and we're figuring out, is this a real or perceived threat? Am I actually safe? And they happen to just step on one of my triggers or am I not? And a therapist will help you through that because sometimes it's really hard to pull it apart. Mm, yeah, that made me think like, can you identify, can you say like any reliable signs when you could say, okay, this person, person is on purpose kind of uh, triggering those things and not like not accidentally just stepping on my triggers but actually like breaking my boundaries can you tell as a therapist like when if you see that your client is confused about this right right it's a very good question it has a lot to do with Does that person tend to have, when we, right, when I talk to them, does that person tend to want to understand my internal world and my point of view? Or do they shut me down? That's a really helpful indicator. If I go to them and I want to talk to them about something important to me, it could be my favorite band. It could be that my feelings were hurt. It could be anything else in between. Do they want to understand my internal world? before they respond with their own point of view. Mm. That's a good, helpful indicator of if this person just accidentally said something, right? Sometimes language is tricky. We don't accidentally say what we mean to say, or it's interpreted in a way we didn't mean for it to be. But if that person is truly curious about my feelings, my internal world, then that means everything. Okay, thank you so much. Um, let's go to the third question. I have been dating this guy for a month now. I have set my own boundaries, but how can I figure out his boundaries? I ask because I think knowing I ask because I think knowing your partner's boundaries is a really good way to figure out if they are someone you can trust or not. Yes. Yes, another great question. Right. So You have clearly, this person has clearly thought about their boundaries. They spent time gathering their feelings uh, and what they need. And so you have moved, this person has moved from point A to point B. Asking someone what their boundaries are is great. But sometimes we need to give the other person time to think about it. So they can also move from point A to point B. So sharing, hey, I have, you know, hey, I find having a conversation about boundaries is helpful. I've thought about what those are for me. Could we find a time to talk about it? Create space for the other to gather that information for themselves before sharing. Or if they know, they can share it in the moment. So this is just another helpful way to check in for readiness before having that conversation. But typically, direct communication and conversations about that is very helpful for situations like these. Mm, thank you. Do you have any comment uh, about the last part of this question? It says, uh, the last part of this question is, I ask because I think knowing your partner's boundaries is a really good way to figure out if they are someone you can trust or not. Does that uh, like mm, wake any thoughts? Like what, what, Uh, because I, I'm curious, like, what does this person mean that knowing your partner's boundaries is a really good way to figure out if there are someone you can trust or not? So is there something that you can say that, okay, if 
like how how is can you explain maybe that like what could be the idea behind this person's thought process <laughs> right right i mean ultimately in a relationship whether it's new or long term we want to make sure that we can trust the person that they're going to be someone that listens to us that we that we can feel seen and heard in the relationship And so knowing someone's boundaries can be a way to figure out if you're aligned, if you're on the same page with values, meaning can trust. And I think that also speaks to the conversations we have when we're first getting to date someone that help us understand if our values are aligned. Trust is tricky because you might be able to trust someone but maybe your values don't align and it can feel like they're untrustworthy. And that might be, that still might be a deal breaker, but trust is something that is, is typically earned and not given. And so these conversations that we have just help us to understand if this is someone that we share common interests and values with. And for some that might be the trust that is needed, right? That's how we build trust. So it, it makes sense that it would fall in that category of, let's see if we share these ideas. Let's see if we have similar boundaries. That might mean that we we could work out in the future, that we can build trust, that I can trust you. So yeah, I think trust can sometimes be a tricky word, but it sounds to me like the underlining feeling of this is I want to make sure that we're on the same page about some values, about some interests, about some ways of being or living our lives. Mm, thank you. That was a great answer because yeah, obviously we can't know what's going on in someone else's mind, but that really, at least to me was mm, more eye opening what could be going on in this situation. And Also, how important it is to have these conversations about boundaries with someone you are dating so you can move forward with the you know right information and like have right mm, well not expectations but kind of right image what the relationship could be and what the person is Let's go to the fourth question, and that is, I don't want to rush into a relationship, but I feel a strong connection with this woman. What are some healthy forms of intimacy I can use so I don't make her think that I don't want her? Right, right. I know a lot of people have questions about this. I don't want to go too fast too soon, but I don't want to send the wrong message because I am interested. So I, I like to tell my clients that good relationships and good sex all come from good communication. So you feel a strong connection to her, but don't want to go too fast too soon, right? So how would it feel to share that with her? Think about that, right? Whatever fears, worries, or concerns come up for you, that's what you want to talk to yourself about. That's what's getting in the way of sharing that very statement with her, right? The statement of, I feel this strong connection, I just don't want to go too fast too soon. 
So letting someone know, hey, I like you and I feel this strong connection, but I'd like to take things slow is a healthy way to share. It also honors that you are one part of this and how you share intimacy might not be how she shares intimacy. So sharing your internal thoughts with her is collaborative. You can come up with ways of sharing intimacy together. That way you're both on the same page, that you're taking it slow and the activity doesn't have to feel so weighted. So I wanna hold her hand, but I don't want her to think that if I do that, I wanna see her every day. Makes sense, right? So that's why having an open and honest conversation where both of you can share is important. It also builds a solid foundation for communication in the beginning of the relationship. Mm, thank you so much. Uh have you has anyone ever asked you like that they struggle starting those open conversations because of weir fear of let's say rejection uh, or fear of being shut in down shut down or just fear of like the other's response like how do you encourage your clients to try uh, open communication with and another person that they are interested in because often when we have feelings invested in we might get more scared because we fear that those emotions that the other person is not like feeling the same so how do you or uh, like people might have other issues with communication like they are unable to communicate their needs and feelings so what do you say to clients who struggle with these kind of these kinds of things Right. Fear is a big part of it. It's probably something that comes up the most. Typically, what holds us back from communicating is fear of losing something or fear of being out of control, right? Not having control. So we have to be fearless. <laughs> we have to be fearless and we have to be bold. We have to be courageous. We can't fear losing the thing because if we share how we're feeling and we lose it, is that a person you actually want to be with anyway? How you feel and what you communicate is extremely important. Being able to tell a person, even when you're scared, how you feel, even when you're worried by sharing it, you might lose them. That's where the fearlessness comes in. And it's a muscle that we build and we practice it over and over and over again. And I ask my clients to sit with that feeling, to think about what it is that they're scared of happening if they share. And that is what you're tending to. That is what you're soothing in yourself, right? I'm really scared if I tell this person that them not responding to my message and instead sending me a meme really hurt my feelings, right? And so I'm really worried if I talk to them about it, that the relationship will be over, that they'll get mad at me. That is what you sit with. And instead of letting that fear take the driver's seat and create an environment where then you say nothing, you sit with that fear and you're like, okay, if I tell this person that them not responding to my message and my questions and instead sending me a meme was hurtful and I lose them, that's okay. Okay, uh, so then the final question is, what are some of the warning signs to look out for in the bedroom? Some abusers hide their dark side until they got you hooked. Yes. So I, I really like this question because it it highlights 
the theme <laughs> that maybe you notice in my responses, which is communication and talking. That is the best way to really get to know someone and learn who they are. So talking outside of the bedroom as well as inside of the bedroom is very important. Talking outside of the bedroom, conversations are about the bigger picture. Likes, dislikes, boundaries, seeing where you align sexually. So seeing how someone responds to your no while talking is very helpful information. It's a great way to get an understanding of how someone views sex. So questions like, you know, what does good sex look like to you? What do you enjoy giving and receiving? What safer sex supplies do you like to use? When was your last STI test and the results? So all these questions can help you understand the other's view of sex and respect your boundaries. So if you like the responses that you receive, you can choose to bring things into the bedroom, knowing that you have talked and have an understanding of what all this looks like. So we're looking for, um, what we're looking for is a respect of the word no, that sex is mutual, if that's what you're both agreeing to, and that actions match words. So for example, you had your conversation outside of the bedroom and agreed to use condoms. You've later shifted things into the bedroom, right? You're getting ready for sex, kissing, whatever that looks like. You're in the bedroom and the person is trying not to use condoms, right? So actions are not lining up with words and your mutual agreement. So you can use that info to end the night. So I do like to make sure that conversations are happening outside of the bedroom before moving into the bedroom. It's a really good way to get to know someone's views, values about sex. Um, and if you align sexually, if you align with what you both are looking for, then you can choose if you want to continue, if you want to have sex or not. Thank you. I think it was very great uh, way to uh, when you mentioned it was very great that you mentioned that you first talk outside the bedroom and then uh, when things move forward into the bedroom and then you ha because you have had to talk outside the bedroom you can it's also a place to test do the words match with their behavior like you gave the condom example so I think that's like really great because if the person is uh, in this situation is not uh, is showing signs that their actions are not aligned in their, I mean, words are not in align with their behavior. Why would they be in any other things as well? Like, or why would they be like picking up? Like, okay, well, in this situation, I, what, I, it, it was just a mistake. Yeah. Like my, okay. Maybe in this situation, my words didn't match up with my behavior, but it's m probably most likely that they are not gonna align in other situations as well, or at least you should be in very like on the lookout for those other inconsistencies in the future. If, if you are going to continue with the person. Exactly. Right. It's a good way to test the waters. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, today we had some great questions and great answers. So thank you for listening to this episode and thank you, Caroline, once again, and uh, again for joining me today and answering all these questions you're welcome it was wonderful to be here thank you for having me